This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning, or uh, just about good afternoon in some places. Uh, in the east, it's uh, afternoon. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. And we're here to have some fun and just, you know, maybe educate a little bit. And, you know, all those burning questions that you had about your pets, something you brought them in, if you finally can get an appointment, of course. You call a vet and say, yeah, we can see you. Um, how, how's January? We hear a lot of that. Or you get to sit in your car for several hours. None of that's very much fun. So um, anyway... Uh, now's your chance to use, in essence, telemedicine at its finest. It's live. It's video chat, just like our air vet. You can do it and just talk to your veterinarian or a veterinarian 24-7. And uh, that's kind of the, the new wave. That's what's happening now in the industry because it's hard to get into your vet hospital. We know that. People complain that they come to see me and they have to wait for an hour. And I said, an hour? <laughs> waiting for an hour is way better than waiting for two months. So um, any questions you may have? Oh, I forgot to undo my phone. That's great. Hold on a second. I'm going to undo do my phone because it's going to annoy me. All these things I have to remember to do in the morning. And uh, who uses a house phone anyway? We do still. So uh, that just means when, when someone calls on the house phone, it means they've already tried us on our cell phones and no one answered. Okay, I'm going to go to the house phone. We'll get you. If I try harder, I'll get you. So anyway, any questions you may have, a couple of ways to get a hold of me. First of all, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. That is our toll-free number to get us here at Pet Life Radio. Or you can join us live. You go to PetLifeRadio.com, click on Shows, and you scroll down to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and you can just click on the link that we left there for you, and you can join us here live. And of course, those of you on my IG Live, Instagram Live, you can, well, we can wave to you, which I'm going to do. But also, if you have any questions, now's the time. You can just go ahead and uh, ask them. And um, it's really hard to see with the scrolling. So if you really want to get to something, it might be better for you to do the uh, Pet Life Radio. Last week, I was able to do it because I was only watching my Instagram live screen because we were not live on Pet Life. But today, live on Pet Life Radio, my face is right here and a little bit over here as well. So as you know, while I wait for some burning questions, and I'm kind of trying to keep an eye on both, I saw some stories in the, school, in the news, veterinary news, AVMA smart brief, and the AHA news stat. And I, I got to tell you, this one was really, really cool. I, some of these things I even find very, very interesting. And this is great. Veterinarians in Switzerland performed a balloon valvuloplasty to correct a pulmonary stenosis in a 10-day-old foal, a baby horse, for those of you who don't know that, with congenital heart defect. The team inserted the balloon, used a human valvuloplasty technique in the balloon, it went up through the jugular vein into the pulmonary artery, opened up the stenosis, and this was two years ago. The foal is now a filly and is doing just great. She's running and her endurance is normal. Everything is great. And I think that's really cool. And that reminds me of another story, speaking of hearts, that you know we think here in the United States, we are the most advanced country when it comes to veterinary medicine. Well, there is a veterinarian in Japan who is doing valve transplants, just like they would in a person, open heart surgery, transplanting valves. And one of my patients actually was one of the uh, dogs. It was a Yorkie. She actually flew to Japan. She was there for a few weeks for the, uh, the surgery and then the immediate post-op. And apparently, from what I can tell, the dog is doing great. It's really fascinating. And 
because it was in Japan. You know, that surgery, I think it, it, she spent about $10,000. Well, I got to tell you, here in the States, you go to it one night in an emergency center, you're going to spend $3,000 and they may not even do anything. So 10000 really isn't bad at all. So uh, anyway, that, I think those stories are fantastic. Now, oh, we talked about it briefly last week. I want to mention to it again. So we, you know, we've heard about this big lepto scare and leptospirosis is all over the place, especially in the west side of LA. That, I mean, my, my son's two dogs, my daughter's dog, uh, my other daughter's four dogs, my five dogs, and all vaccinated because it's a threat. Not, it's not because of other dogs. It's a threat because of what is going on in your environment, in our areas, the rats, the skunks, the raccoons, the opossums, they're all coming into our territory. I mean, coyotes, I see coyotes. Can you imagine coyotes running down Beverly Drive, just in Beverly Hills? I mean, it's crazy, but that is what we're seeing. So unlike some of the other, the diseases that we say are lifestyle, lepto used to be lifestyle, but here the influenza, the flu or influenza virus, the H3N2, H3N8, they are still lifestyle, but because they come from other dogs. The problem is our lifestyle is such that you're going to go to doggy daycare. They're going to go to a dog park. They're going to go to the groomer. They're going to go to boarding when you go out of town. These are all ways that they can get it. And we're seeing more and more cases. So I would recommend speaking to your veterinarian. You'll know about it two ways. Number one, the facility that you're frequenting is going to now not recommend it. They're going to require it. And that's happening. I know of two shelters that have had to close down for two or three weeks because there was an outbreak of influenza. So they can't afford to do that. So anyway, it's very important. There is a uh, question here. How do I find a dog or a house sitter that is reputable? Any animal service reputable? And I will give you some hints about how to do that. So anyway, okay, so others people. So there are others. And one of the things I would tell you to do is talk to your veterinarian and your veterinarian can put the word out. Your veterinarian, I have two friends, and I'm gonna, if you're gonna call, go to Deba Free, D E B A F R E E, Deb Freeman, I know her, and her daughter does pet sitting. I have one of my clients also does pet sitting. So there are ways to uh, get a, a reputable pet sitter. I would stay away at, at first from a Craigslist. I would go to people that you know well and talk to your veterinarian or any animal service that you frequent and you trust. That's who I'd recommend to get some advice. Anyway. So LA County has already seen a number of cases of influenza and now Santa Barbara County and Santa Maria, the city of Santa Maria are requiring it as well. All their shelter animals are getting the vaccine. So that's very important. So my recommendation, if your dogs frequent things like that, any facility where there are going to be a lot of other dogs on a regular basis, I would recommend speaking to your vet. And if it is, if you are seeing influenza in your area, any reported cases, then I would 100% want to uh, get your dogs vaccinated. Now, also pretty cool, and, and this was near and dear to me because my Labrador, my last lab, okay, uh, his name was Grover. We did finally have to put him to sleep at 16 and a half. Go f find some Labradors that make it to 16 and a half. But at 15, we diagnosed him with a very nasty uh, tumor. It was called a mast cell tumor. Uh, very ugly, very aggressive. It was a grade three and it was already ruptured. It was bleeding all over the place. And obviously my choice was, what are we going to do? Are we going to subject him to a, a long procedure that may not work? He may not even make it. Or are we going to just put him to sleep? Well, guess what? We decided to go for it. Why? Because what can you expect if you don't even try? Within days, I would have had to euthanize him. So I said, you know what? Might he die on the table? Yeah, he might. But his bloods look great for 15. And I, literally, what a dirty trick on the day of his 15th birthday. 
is when I did the surgery, uh, very long surgery. He did great. We couldn't get it all. I knew I wouldn't, but we got 90% of it. We put him on a drug and it still is a great drug for mast cell called Palladia. And that little boy went to another year and a half, which was amazing. Anyway, a new drug, which has shown a lot of promise is, and I, I got to get the name straight because it's a weird name, Delfanta. Delfanta. It's made by Veerback, which is a pretty reputable veterinary company. And um, it is great against mast cell tumors. What they do is they inject this Delfanta directly in the tumor. It sets up a huge inflammatory response. And then the dog's own immune system comes in to attack and it attacks the mast cells. And it's shown a lot of great promise. And um, anyway, so we're going to keep an eye out. Stelfanta. In the meanwhile, Palladia, if you have a dog with mast cell disease, I love Palladia. Very expensive, very expensive. But you know what? When it adds, not days, not weeks, years it can, then it's great. Speaking of new drugs, this is a new drug called Hygromycin A. Interestingly, it's a naturally occurring antimicrobial that comes from soil. Hygromycin A. And they found that it attacks spirochetes. One such spirochete type of bacteria is Borrelia burgdorferi, which means nothing to you except it does when you hear the disease it causes, Lyme disease. And they're finding that this now, it's a naturally occurring antimicrobial in soil that is very safe and it works great against Lyme disease, which is just great because there are other antibiotics, by the way, that can work for Lyme, doxycycline for one. But the problem with is that it causes, it disrupts the gut flora and these animals can get kind of sick, they get diarrhea, they stop eating. There are other signs. I, again, it's worth it. I mean, for the time it goes through, but then you have to use your medications and to rebalance the gut flora, you put them on probiotics, etc. But hygromycin A doesn't do that at all, a little bit, but it's not, nothing like it. So that might be a new thing. So if you have, you know, anybody, especially if you're in the Northeast, and you know people or animals that have Lyme disease, hygromycin A. That's a new thing. I think that's really, really cool. So also, hats off case here. Hats off to, never heard of this place. You've heard of Kentucky. You've heard of, you know, like Louisville, right? But this is Elizabethtown, Kentucky, just passed an ordinance. I like this. Banning the sale of dogs and cats in retail stores or any kind of public places. It's the first of its kind in the state of Kentucky. And hopefully more cities and municipalities in Kentucky will join this. It forbids pet shops and other businesses uh, from showcasing, buying, or selling dogs and cats from breeders. So LA has done this years ago. And many, many more states and municipalities are instituting these ordinances, which are very, very recommended for to keep the uh, pet shops from selling live animals. You know, interesting. I had worked with a pet shop. I know uh, it's terrible. I worked with a pet shop years ago. And um, I, actually, I worked with a number of them. And um, I was taking care of their pets. I mean, look, I basically said, look, while you guys are duking it out, how PC it was to sell pets and these breeders and these terrible breeders. Meanwhile, these animals are suffering. So I'm going to take care of them. It had happened to work out in my favor. A, I got the animals taken care of. They were healthy. And B, a lot of these people had no veterinarian. So when I was trying to, I got just got into practices back in the early 80s, I built a huge practice. And many of those people that now are also very anti-pet shops kick themselves in the butts for having purchased a dog from pet shop instead of adopting, but they are still my clients <laughs> over 30 years, 35 years, almost 38 years. So uh, from that perspective, it worked well. However, there was an opportunity. One of the rescues that I worked with, because I've always worked with rescues, came to me and they had an idea. They were trying to, again, stop the pet shop world from selling these pets from these puppy mills. And I totally agreed. 
So they said, you know, you have a one pet shop that I worked with was very high profile in a huge mall. I mean, really high profile. And uh, they said, you know, why don't we work with them and we will get them dogs. We will go take our dogs as they do. They go to the shelters, they adopt, they find them, they save dogs that are on death row. I said, well, we can clean them up. We will, we get a great deal from the city from getting these dogs and we can, you know, fluff them up, make sure they're spayed, neutered, getting their vaccines. And then we can sell them because look, you have an adoption fee. You go to a, a, you know, any kind of rescue group, you're going to spend a decent amount of money on some of these dogs. Don't look, they have a lot of costs that go into it. So, well, I mean, it's not going to be thousands like some of these Yorkie Pomeranian pet shop puppies were French bulldogs. Well, this is way before Frenchies were popular, but then you can sell them for four or 500 bucks. And, you know, with the guarantee, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought this was great. And oh, not of that. Because of the high profile nature of the rescue and the high profile nature of the mall, they were going to have, when they started this, they were going to have celebrities on board. They were going to have news trucks. I mean, it was going to make the news. It was going to be huge. It was the first one that's making this bold move. They will get so much attention, so much press. And I said, you guys, this is great. You really should think about this. No, we don't want to. And meanwhile, guess what? Within a year, they had to close down. So, you know, don't be stupid when it comes to stuff like this. This was like, what an opportunity this would have been for them. So now, finally, a lot of these stores are getting smart and saying, you know what, that's what we're going to do. That is a great model. It's the right thing to do. We can publicize it. We will get a lot of customers. And it basically, they become another rescue group, but they just rescue all sorts of different uh, dogs and breeds. So anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more. And I would love to get any questions you have. And, uh, oh my God, I see Tiffany's there. Hello, Tiffany. This person is fantastic and a dog lover. We love her. I'm just looking at all the names. It's so great. So anyway, don't go away. We'll be right back after these short words and we'll talk a little bit more. And that, plus, I want to hear from you. Plus, we're going to talk about Halloween. It's a week away. We got to talk about that as well. See you in a minute. So, you know, I'm always perusing what's going on in the pet world and I attend all the pet conferences. I came across a company I really like called Carlson Pet Products. It's family owned, very affordable stuff, and they specialize in creating pet safety products to keep your pets, you know, happily protected from the puppy stage all the way through their senior years. And they have tons of products. They have pet pens and folded elevated pet beds. They have crates, pet gates, etc. And um, I love their portable pen. First of all, they're very lightweight. You can fold them up. They have a little carry bag for storing. So they're really so convenient for you to use. You can use them for at home. You can use them for travel. Or let's say you're just heading someplace down the street and you want to keep them protected. I think it's great. So the pet pens come in two sizes. You have a six panel and an eight panel. And so basically you get ample room to explore and you can add also an attachable canopy. So it creates like a shaded area to protect them from the sun. So for more information, you can visit them at carlsonpetproducts.com. You'll get 25% off the order plus free shipping. If you use the promo code PETLIFE, that's P-E-T-L-I-F-E. You're going to love them. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to pet 
Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. All right. Welcome, welcome. We're back here live on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And there was another story that I thought was really cool. I wish I had an answer to it because I don't. So there was a story that there was a, there's an island off the coast of Spain. It's part of Spain called La Palma Island and had a volcano erupted on the island. People live on the island, of course. And there was, there was a house they saw from overhead and from you know helicopters. They weren't allowed any helicopters to land. They were doing drones flying over. There were a backyard with three dogs that could not get out. And it was causing a lot of press. So they were literally airdropping through drones, airdropping food. And they were like literally there for several weeks. And um, they were obviously getting skinny. And so anyway, the drone company offered that they thought they could. There were three dogs. They could do a 110-pound drone that can handle at least 110 pounds and they could drop a net and one at a time airlift via drone these dogs out of the yard so they got a lot of support they got money they got i mean everything was a go and all of a sudden they go to go get the dogs the day of, of and the drone is flying around and the yard is empty they can't find the dogs and they said that's really weird they were following these dogs monitoring them on a regular basis all of a sudden they were gone so as they're flying the drone is going drone is going lower deeper into the into the yard you know covered by lava all, you know all around and um they saw a uh so this day of rescue first of all they noticed footprints like human you know footprints in uh some of the molten lava obviously it wasn't so hot anymore and they saw a sign that said the dogs are fine and it was signed the a team so if you guys remember back the a team so uh anyway Someone came to the rescue and they somehow marched through and even though they weren't supposed to or couldn't or didn't, but they did. And they uh, saved those dogs. I thought that was really, really cool. And another feel good story, as we are still deep in the COVID, there were stories about zoos uh, giving vaccines to a zillion animals that are like the big cats and the primates that are subjected to COVID-19. Uh, they were getting vaccines. Pfizer, Zoetis was making some vaccines and donating. So I thought that was really nice. So anyway, the shelters are, remember we talked about this, that we were, the fear was that we were going to be losing a lot of these animals that were being adopted. They were going to be going back into the shelters. Once people got their lives back together, started going back to work, and they realized that they really didn't have the time anymore. So it was just, it was anticipated. It started happening to some degree. But interestingly, now that it's been going on for a while, they have found less and less Animals are being brought back into shelters. People are making adjustments, whatever the adjustments they have made. And overall, they are now getting this great feel-good feeling that a lot of these pandemic pups, they call them, or just pandemic animals that were rescued, did find forever homes. And that's really, really cool. All right, I have a couple of minutes left talking about Halloween. I was going to do again next week, which is actually the day of, because trick-or-treating is that night. So first of all, 
be smart. Uh, a lot of kids coming to a door, a lot of dogs freaking out with doorbells being rung all the time. So if you have a dog that is a little anxious like that, put them in a different part of the house. Just don't let them be subjected to that. And also understand one thing. Dogs can actually grow up in a household with kids and they know kids. And all of a sudden, people coming to the door and the kids are in some sort of costume, they don't look like your typical kids. And dogs actually are able to facially recognize. They see and know what we and everyone in the house looks like. And so it's very important to understand that you need to be very careful with that as well. Candy, first of all, we know about xylitol. So people think they're doing the right thing and giving these kids artificially sweetened candy is not much sugar, but the xylitol could kill a dog. So be really, really careful. Chocolate, as I said, if you eat enough of it, or you, we eat enough, we get fat. They eat enough of it, they can actually get sick. So be really, really careful with chocolate and understand dogs don't really care about wrappers. You know that if they if they want to eat something, they're eating it. They, that smell comes right through a wrapper. Their noses are two. They have, I mean, literally two hundred fifty times what we have. They have two hundred fifty thousand olfactory receptors. I mean, two hundred fifty million. We have five million. So they have like fifty times what we have. So uh, they can smell right through this that wrapper. So they're going to eat everything, including the wrapper. Understand that. A lot of things that are too fatty, they're going to be having issues with that. We have to be careful about that as well. Now, how about taking your, dressing your costume? My feelings about this, uh, I don't think it's a great idea. If you're going to do so, put the costume on first. Make sure that it's not really affecting their motion, their movement. Make sure it's not like cutting under their arms and their, their legs and, and causing a sore. We don't want it to impede their vision. I mean, dog's vision is bad enough. It's not their best sense. Their nose is their best sense. Their hearing is pretty damn good. Their taste is pretty good. Their vision is not so great. So uh, if you already have something that's covering their faces, they already are not seeing well. It's nighttime when they're going out trick-or-treating. Already coming at them are these very strange-looking creatures, right? They're little kids dressed up in costume, but to the dog, they're strange-looking. And now you're going to somehow partially occlude their vision? <laughs> that is a recipe for aggression and for biting. So we don't want to do that either. So the goal is... You know your dogs. If your dogs are really well socialized, have done this before, you have costumes that fit them, they don't mind them, they're happy, then by all means, have fun. But if you have a dog you know that gets a little bit anxious and goes nuts when the doorbell rings, you have to hold back when someone comes to the door. I would not recommend keeping that dog in the main part of the house where they have access to that door. So uh, generally have fun, keep the bad treats, save them for me. I'll give you my address after the show. I tell you exactly where to send the chocolates. My favorites, I love Snickers, Mounds, M&M, peanut M&Ms. Oh my God. So anytime, just send them my way. All right. Uh, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio. It was Ask the Vest with Dr. Jeff. Again, if you have any questions, any subject matter you want me to, to talk about, send to me, send to Dr. Jeff, DR Jeff, right, at petliferadio.com. Or you could do Jeff at airvet.com. But get me Pet Life Radio. I love to talk about these things here on Pet Life Radio. I know many of you will learn from other people's questions and problems. And I can only guarantee by doing this as long as I have that whenever I get any of these questions, there are many of you out there that are listening, that are afraid to ask, that have had the same issues with their pets and can learn a lot from my answers. So anyway, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, 9 a.m. in the West, noon in the East, and whatever in between. Uh, have a wonderful week. Hope I can uh, hear from you and help you out as best I can whenever I can. See you soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.